deep in the West. Kick over any rock in a desperado. Crawl out and knife you right in the heart. Lay a finger on her and I'll kill you! Not bad, kid. Hello and welcome to the Interzeta Film Season 2, Episode 8. I'm your co-host, Rajiv Mishra. And hello, I'm your other host, uh, Andy. Uh, and today we're talking about the 2015 Western Slow West. Let's go. Yeehaw! This is the NTZ of Film. With Andy and Rajiv. And we're back. Uh, so this is our, our eighth episode in uh, our season, which is called Quality Imports, which is about uh, films that have some sort of significant New Zealand content. Uh, and today but a foreign we are joined, but a foreign market films. That's right, not necessarily New Zealand films. Uh, and today we're joined by a writer, actor, eater, drinker, blogger, and award-winning poet, uh, our great friend uh, Christopher Teese. Hello, Chris. Hello, Ren and Regis. Hi. Woo! All right. Welcome so this is how we're going to. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate that. Thank Hopefully you for having me. Our numbers. Excellent. Uh, Andy, do you want to give us a synopsis of this amazing film? Uh, sure. Yes. It's um, a British New Zealand co-production set in the American West, filmed in New Zealand, about a young Scottish boy played by an Australian who is uh tracking down his lost love played by a south african new zealander who is also a scot and he is joined by the irish michael fassbender who is hunting her for her bounty irish german that's it's true yeah irish, irish german. german yes so yeah I, I have a note here andrew's just done an excellent job of it uh by <laughs> explaining where everyone is actually thank from. you i i have a note here saying uh none of the parts are played by americans even though this is a western yeah, I thought that was that was kind of an interesting thing straight off the top, is that it's a British-New Zealand co-production, like it's uh, New Zealand Film Commission and the British Film Institute, mm. are the ones right off the top. It's directed by a Scottishman mm-hmm. who was mm-hmm. the in the beta band. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Aliens, I was hoping Chris could illuminate those for us later on. I know the beta band, I don't know the Aliens. I quite like the beta band and I was quite surprised to find out that he was um, in them because they are good and I like them. But also, uh, yeah, so it's a Western which is very American sort of genre and it is Mm. set in America, but yes, filmed in New Zealand and everyone who's not Cody Smith-McPhee and Ben Mendelsohn and Michael Fassbender is a New Zealander pretty much. Pretty much, pretty much. They got that pretty guy, um, Rory McLean from the Game of Thrones, isn't it? Oh, Game of but, Thrones, yeah. yes. That's yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but pretty much everyone else, yeah. Uh, if we if we start talking about the cast, then I would like to go on about uh, uh, Ben Mendelsohn's gang, who uh, which is entirely made up of a bunch of New Zealanders, uh, a very eclectic, uh, racially ethnic <laughs> mix of uh, people for a outlaw gang in the West, which I thought was interesting. Uh, You've got um, uh, Eddie Campbell, who uh, plays the guy, what's his name, Skelly. He tells that story about the bounty and all that stuff, the poster and all that. Oh, yeah, that was great. It's a great story, a great back. But he's, he's, a, he's a New Zealand actor called Eddie Campbell. New Zealanders may remember him from a TV show called The Strip. Uh, it's also got uh, Brian Sargent, who uh, plays Peyote Joe, who, who I guess 
people listening to this podcast will probably remember from uh, New Zealand's Flight of the Concords playing the Prime Minister Brian. Um, oh, he's been... <laughs> well, he's... Brian Sargent is just... He's he's great. He's kind of one I of those... He's a, he's a that guy. He is. He is. New Zealand actors almost because I'm fairly certain he was in Shorten Street at some point as... Probably. Probably. Some kind of dodgy character. Pretty much you guaranteed. Could... He was in um, Outrageous Fortune. Yeah, he was. He was indeed. He, he and, he's probably uh, most famously. Uh, he was <laughs> a voice in the uh, pilot episode of the Morpork Radio Show, written by uh, yours truly, written <laughs> by Andrew James on the Radio just, New Zealand. Just a wee plug there. <laughs> just plugging that. You can find that on the uh, Radio New Zealand website. Just search Morpork. Um, you'll find a lot of Morpork calls, but also the radio show The Morpork. <laughs> You'll find the actual bird calls first, yeah. Yes. And down the bottom of the list will be Andrew's radio play, which is which was yeah. I can highly recommend. I know I'm his, one of his best friends, but I would say, happily say it made me laugh out loud. So well done, Andrew. Um, Brian Sargent also uh, famous in New Zealand for playing a cigarette on uh, anti-smoking campaign we have here. It's a very gross, disgusting man oh, dressed yeah, up I in saw a cigarette some of that when suit. I was, when I was back, yes. <laughs> So he's great. Uh, Madeline Sami as well, playing a character called Mara Macho. She's a great New Zealand uh, Fijian Indian actress, um, Wait, which is what? where I'm that from. That was Madeline Sami. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's um, she's she's like a comic. She plays a. There's a show here called Super City in which she played all the parts, kind of like a. What's what are that Holy thing? Cow. People do that. Um, and she was also a, a minor role in uh, Top of the Lake. So yeah, so that so that was quite cool, and yeah, like you said, all the other actors are pretty much New Zealanders except for those three leads. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the reason why we're doing this film uh, with Christopher Cheese <laughs> as our guest is uh, is Michael Fassbender, who Chris uh, is the boyfriend of. Is this true? <laughs> no? no, I will neither confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I can't believe this. But Thanks, I, I thought I thought it also interesting, Chris. To he should be to my you. boyfriend too. He's very handsome. I like him a lot. He is very handsome. Um, oh, stop you, it, you guys! You I'm not that handsome. <laughs> <laughs> you are pretty. God, I'm trying to. I'm trying to make a serious point here. Sorry, sorry, Andrew. Sorry. And uh, it was my job in life to to undermine your serious points. Yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Why are we friends? Apologies, Andrew. Um, Please continue with your serious point. Because, right, the director is an ex-musician. Um, reviews I read about this film talked about the kind of musical quality to it. Christopher has a background in music and is a mm-hmm. poet. Mm-hmm. Musicality and blumdy fuck. And the- he can talk about that if he, if he wants to or not. Or he could just talk about Michael Fassbender's cock. Well, we're not going to be talking about this cock because you don't get to see it in this film. You don't. No. You do so get, you get to see him in. in um, <laughs> you get to see him in his underpants, but those underpants now, are long underpants. I'm glad you brought that up, Andy, because I have to say that man can wear long underpants. <laughs> it's true. Not many did, people can wear he long. He did underpants. actually. He did actually manage to look um, still menacing in his underpants. And yet still very sexy in his underpants. Sure. Um, okay, we're talking about Fassbender and his menacing nature wearing underpants. Um, Chris. <laughs> this is what you wanted, right? <laughs> yeah. right. Michael Fassbender's um, menacing underpants. So Michael Fassbender at the moment, because he's in a lot of genre things, he's in uh, your old X-Men Z's and, uh, and he's in like... Um, 
where he's got Assassin's Creed coming out. He does, and he was in that um, Tarantino film. What's it called? The thing. That one. So he, he, I feel, um, whenever I'm reading various things online, I feel like he's fan cast all the time and everything. People are like, oh, he should be Batman. He should be this. He should be Indiana Jones. I feel like I love, I do love him as an actor, but I feel like there's a menace to him that doesn't really work in those sorts of roles. I feel like he kind of, he would come across as a bad guy better in big genre films than anything else, like Magneto, for instance. Does anyone have any opinions on that? Well, he was kind of a bad guy in, um, is that, is that film Fish Tank? Fish I something. That film. Oh, I was... Andrea Arnold's film? Yeah, where he plays um, the boyfriend of a young mum and forms like a not so great relationship with oh, yes. her that daughter. One. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's, he's pretty menacing in that. And that's a pretty small indie film. Well, even in the otherwise terrible Prometheus, he's fantastic in it. Mm. Yeah, but he's playing like a cold psychopathic robot. I mean, like yes. there's people that want to fan cast him in as the lead and stuff. I'm like, I think he's a great actor, but I don't know whether that's necessarily where I see him. Oh right, okay. I see. Sorry, I see what you mean. Um, yeah, no, I, I mean, don't either, I, but that's I, fine. He's sure, whatever. Sure, I, I, think... I, I was just something I was reading about today. I was just interested, but I guess you guys don't really care about that. So sorry. For, you know, no, 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 no. I mean that that film that he's um, going to be in. That's coming out, uh, uh, Light Between Oceans. Which looks like Sadness, the movie. <laughs> another New Zealand <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another film sh- shot in New Zealand. Um, I was dead. I was so sure it was, and yes, I'm right. Good. Okay. But right. that could be like, the, the closest he's been in anything, you know, resembling like a romantic comedy lead role. Romantic With, comedy? Without the comedy. I don't know if it's a comedy there, Chris. <laughs> it's definitely not a comedy, but you know what I mean, right? I know what you mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. As like a as like a, a good natured lead. Even though I'm yeah. I'm arguing for the fact that i I see menace and killer in his eyes, he can probably still do good natured lead. Well, he was a charming son mm-hmm. of a bitch in Inglorious Bastards, which was kind of his That's true. It's true. Big break. Yeah. A little bit. So yeah. you know. It's true, yeah. it's true, it's true. Shut up, um, Rajiv. I will shut up. I would like to know because Chris, growing up, I've known Chris pretty much all my and Andy pretty much all my life. I, Chris is always the music guy. Chris, do you have anything to say about the Beta Band and the Aliens? I've I've noted that uh, the director was a writer of various songs for films like High Fidelity, Igby Goes Down, uh, It's All Gone Pete Tong, and Remember Me. But I don't really know the music in any way. Um, well, I listen. I used to listen to the Beta Band, but like I mm. don't think I could actually hum any of their songs anymore. And I had never heard of the Aliens. I don't well, think that. I mean, with, to us, aren't you, Christopher? Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought I thought I was here for the fastbender, no... not the music. <laughs> you you were here for fastbender. Uh, feel free. I to, only prepared to for fastbender. Okay, well, okay. well uh, go for it. Do your thing with fastbender. No. Do it. <laughs> no. What does this does this podcast have a rating? Uh, we've we've called it explicit, so I'm guessing. It, well, in that case, right, then. All right. <laughs> Fuck shit, Dave, we're, you know, we're never so gonna it's... get we're never gonna get picked up a radio diesel national or anything. We're just gonna be forever sitting here talking about dicks. Uh, oh look, dreams come true. <laughs> Maybe we can one day talk about dicks on Radio New Zealand. Yep, sure, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, look, it's not all uh, it's not all just about Fassbender, Even though he was, um, I think, quite involved with this, he'd done a couple of short films with the director beforehand, and he's mm. an executive producer on this, and he obviously. He must like filming in New Zealand if he's come back to do another film. Yeah, here. and he is also the, the second build on the DVD cover. 
Oh, oh uh, yeah, because Cody's Nick McPhee. Hmm. He, even though he's the narrator, he's very much he kind of wanders in and out a little bit um, yeah. until the last track of the of the film. Yeah, it's it's the film itself has a weird, intriguing kind of tone to it. I felt like it's the director talked about talked about it being a, a fairy tale like almost. I don't know if I quite buy that. It start, it starts with the with the lions once upon a time. I mean, I I, I feel like it's very fairy tale esque in that sense. Ah, oh, that reminds uh, something I wanted to talk about. Sorry, just with the beginning of the film. So I didn't I don't remember seeing the once upon a time at the beginning of the film, but that might be the digital copy I had or something. I don't know. But I remember the first shot being the wide open sky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the night sky with all of the stars. Yep. So he's. Cody Smith McPhee is lying rough on the ground, looking up at the sky, looking up at all the stars, and he's naming mm. all the constellations. And I just because it's filmed in New Zealand, those are not that's not the night sky he's looking up at. No, no. And also not. he, you know, he also it's... points out Orion's Belt. I'm like, that's not Orion's Belt. That's not what it looks like. But anyway, <laughs> it's, it's magic realism. Magic realism. That's what it's all about. Yeah. It's, it's poetic sure. license with filmmaking and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Screw science. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you guys feel about it. Uh, you, you guys know where my heart lies with westerns. I've always loved westerns. I made a bunch of westerns in film school when we were students, uh, and it's always my thing. And this isn't quite like a western, but it's it's a nice take on it. I find it was an interesting take that I enjoyed quite a lot. One of the first things uh, that I sort of thought after watching it was that it's one of the greenest westerns I've ever seen. I guess yeah. Well, your your, your stereotypical thought when you go to a western it's Monument Valley, right? That's what yep. you think of. You might yeah. think of snowy mountains. So there's been a couple of westerns where they've had to trek over the Colorado Rangers or something yeah. ridiculous like that. And that was a terrible accent. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. uh, and then and um, all of the spaghetti westerns, you know, shot in blazing Spain desert and <laughs> Spain, all that kind of jazz. Yeah. So a bunch of the greatest westerns never even shot in America. <laughs> That's true, yeah, yeah. Um, I just want to put my hand up and say, I agree with you, Chris, but I have seen a buttload of westerns, and there are plenty oh, yeah, of westerns exactly. that are full yeah. of green fields and stuff, but but your iconic thought of the western, yeah, is a desert, and this yeah. film uh, sort of had a dearth of desert. It sort of was, I guess the most deserty sort of looking thing was that wheat field, because it was all golden at the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I kind of, I loved that about it. It gave it a different vibe, because it's got, mm. and you still, you have the mountain ranges kind of almost holding everyone in, bordering everyone in, even when it's wide open, that, like, that wide open plane where he comes across Verna. That's right. <laughs> I love Verna. <laughs> Verna Herzog, as I like to call him. <laughs> yeah. I was watching that, I was like, this was totally written for Verna Herzog. They just couldn't convince him. <laughs> That's an easy one actor playing Verna, actually. But yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it, I, I, loved, I loved that landscape and how it looked like New Zealand but it also didn't look like New Zealand and it looked like the West but it also didn't look like the West. Mm. Mm. I also wondered whether they were sort of trying to make a point of difference between bleak miserable island and this new... Scotland. Was it Scotland? Scotland, Scotland, yes. Oh, sorry about that. wasn't paying attention. Very <laughs> it's all, all the same the... to us. It's Chris all the same is trying to me. I'm an Indian. We don't know. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and then them arriving in like this this new frontier where it's sort of hot and there's um, 
all these sort of race relation issues going on with the Indians. I yeah, I, 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 it, there was one thing that where I was kind of like, oh, I wish I kind of wish we'd seen more Indians. We we had that one Indian guy at the end, in the the, the final shootout, which was cool. Mm. He had a bow and arrow and all that. But we you know there's that scene where Cody Smith gets an arrow through his hand, which I loved. But oh, that was the, amazing. <laughs> that we was only the see end. the close up. Of that guy's face, and he's got a caterpillar on his face. I'm like, that's cool. What's going on there? And he's and he's he's yeah. camouflaged himself to be in the silver birch trees, and then he shoots an arrow. And yeah. I kind of yeah. thought, oh, he want because there was that flashback where he said he wanted to die with bow and arrow, and so then he but then he puts his hand up, and an arrow goes through, it and he's all screaming. And then Michael Fassbender comes over and just like kind of looks at it really quizzically, <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh. He's like, That's good weird. Catch. Good <laughs> yeah. catch. Yeah. And then two other blokes jump on their horses and ride off. But because they've still got the washing line tied between the horses, it gets caught in a tree and they go flying. That was amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I really thought this film was funny. And I, I watched yeah, it with my wife and we both enjoyed it. It's got these really kind of bizarre, funny moments in it. Yeah, it's like, um, what's the name of that fellow that everyone loves? The Grand Budapest Hotel guy. Um, Where's Anderson? Their guy. It's got that sort yeah. of the sort of um, framing. The cinematography is similar to that, but also the humor is similar. Uh, and I thought because of the way, like I thought the humor was great. I thought it was masterfully done. But I thought, oh, people aren't going to like this. So I thought, I thought it was going to be poorly reviewed. But looking on Rotten Tomatoes, which is our our new modern judge of it, it's it's quite positive. Like it's eighty eight percent among critics and like ninety percent among like regular viewers. So I forgot to mention box office. Uh, it did poorly at the box office. But I think that's mainly because it's a Western and no one no one sees Westerns anymore. But. Well, people do. But also, I, I remember hearing about this coming out, but not much. I don't remember hearing much about it, which, especially in New Zealand, which I thought was a bit weird because usually we're all about, ah, this has got some names, stars, and it filmed in New Zealand. Aren't we not a tiny country in the middle of the Pacific? Yeah, but, I um, I actually haven't. I should have gone and tried to find local reviews. I I think I remember reading also, local reviews that were not very good for it. And I don't think it did. It was a small film to begin with, and then the local reviews possibly weren't that great. So that kills things off pretty quickly. But Fassbender and Mendelssohn <laughs> and Smith McPhee. I don't know whether I don't know whether <laughs> Mendelssohn is a <laughs> Smith McPhee. Actually, I don't even actually know whether um, Fassbender is actually a name that can open films in the world. Is he? I mean, he's cool and all, but I think he. Well, now he, we... I mean, he'll get attention, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know about opening a film. No. Yeah. I yeah. get into that whole talk of can any actors open a film? Will Smith anymore? I mean, when you see the trailer for his new film, that looks totally fucking bonkers. I haven't seen the new film. What's that? Anyway. anyway, it's not this. <laughs> what was I saying? Uh, I thought the Mendelsohn. tone was good. Mendelssohn. Yeah, I mean, we, we've, we've discussed Mendelssohn previously on this podcast because we reviewed the masterpiece that is the very Oh, yeah, we, when we took it to the limit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm never going to stop saying that, ever. <laughs> and Ben Mendelssohn, as I described in that one, uh, at one point in his career, in international terms, uh, for whatever reason, was like, ah, oh, he's a funny Australian guy. But now he's dangerous fucking weirdo. That's, yeah. that's what he does now. Now, Just I was actually a bit sort of, not bored, but I, I kind of felt like this performance by him was sort of like very by the numbers. It wasn't as filled with like a thrumming menace like his character in Animal Kingdom. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Animal or, Kingdom. Amazing. <laughs> what I kind of feel 
just from the trailers for um, the new Star Wars with him in it. That's because he's wearing a cape. Mm. Th- it must be the cape. Mm. Be First, cape. don't do it for him. He's got to have a cape. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. He's 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 much he's much more laid back. I think he's he's kind of a reflection of uh, Michael Fassbender's character in that way. And I was expecting it to be because I, I was like, yeah, he's going to be weird and creepy, and he's not really, is he? He's kind of just a laid back leader. Yeah. There's that is, he is creepy one thing. in a yeah, but kind of just like in a yeah, that guy's kind of creepy, but not in a ooh, that guy's really creeping me out. Like there wasn't a lot of tension. Yeah, there was no tension, and I couldn't understand why he was so threatening, or why he was a threat. Aside from being, like, another bounty hunter slash yeah. Fossbender's old gang boss, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like as the movie progresses, we learn that, well, Fassbender, pretty much at the very end, uh, grows a heart and goes and, you know, wants to protect Rose, even though he doesn't have a weapon. Uh, and I think before that point, he was presented as the same as Ben Mendelsohn, right? Like, they're just bounty hunters. And we, as the audience, know oh, he's he's really after the money, but he slowly changes, whereas Ben Mendelsohn's character doesn't change. So he's just that menacing uh, guy that wants money, as opposed to he's never like a rabid dog. Or, or Yeah, it is kind of a weird two-hander almost between, yeah, um, Fussbender and Cody Smith McPhee, because it's all about um, his character, Jay, getting to to rose um but it's and it's it's following his journey but fussbender is the one his character is the one who has the arc he's the one who starts out Mm. i'm gonna get this woman and her dad for the bounty and then he ends up hitching up with her at the end (laughs) at the very end they they become the family they become the new the new uh in the verticomers family of the west yeah, I mean, I've I watched a shitload of westerns and I love them, and and it doesn't it doesn't follow the trope of like usually usually the hero is the guy who restores justice in the situation, and then doesn't belong and goes back off into the wilderness, uh, like John Wayne and searches and what what have you. In this film, uh, Cody Smith McPhee is the lead, presumably, and he's a romantic lead, which is unusual for a western, and he's off pursuing his romance, and he's the one that dies and can't be part of that new world. And Fassbender, who is like the barbarian of the West ends up, ends up becoming civilised. He becomes part of that family unit, which yeah. is weird. Which is a weird thing to happen, but that's why I kind well, of like this film. <laughs> yeah, and just a couple of things I really loved from that um, end shootout is that um, because Fassbender gets shot <laughs> twice, he ends up sitting out the entire shootout. <laughs> no, that's so good. So this great any... gun, this like tough gunslinger character kind of thing that he's playing has nothing to do except sit on the corner, sit on the side of the house and bleed for, like, the climactic showdown. I know. I think a lot of people would have issued that because he's, like, the masculine hero and he doesn't do anything. In fact, Rose is the one that kills pretty much every bad guy, right? Except for the one at the end. Yeah, she's totally badass. And the fact that she is sort of busily reloading as Cody Smith-McPhee's character comes in the back and then she shoots him sort of almost without thinking without looking because he's an intruder and then just goes back to lo- like loading her gun she doesn't even notice that she's killed him it's like oh uh, that's kind of heartbreaking all, yeah, but also much later oh, that's so fucking cool <laughs> so dark it's so funny and dark i i really like that dark funny aspect of it because because da- dawa i watched her with her wife and she was like you know she never really loved him and you watch those flashbacks no. and they're, they're kind of having a bit of fun time and he's all like you know he's being very serious about it and she's being very joking 
And well, she she it, made it clear that um, she was not interested. I know, yeah, and and, and she, she was, said you're I like mean, a brother. Yeah, and at the end, she was all like to Silas. His heart was in the wrong place. I'm like, oh man, jeez, Cody Smith McPhee, <laughs> wasted trip. But he was happy. Yeah. He died with a he died with a smile on his face. So I guess it was fine. For well, him. a smile on his face and a tear in his eye. Ah, <laughs> oh, so sad. Is the moral of the story: don't be a dickhead teenager. <laughs> the moral of the story is you can be you can have a good spirit as Fassbender said and still have your heart in the wrong place this is the the, the giving out with Andy, Chris and Rajiv uh, <laughs> there's, always a, there's always a moral for every movie well they've got themes and ideas and such that you want to talk about beyond um, the actors and their performance and their hunkiness or not yeah, that's what we're doing. We're talking about the thematics. Yeah. Chris, do you have anything to say about thematics, perhaps in relation to how good Michael Fassbender looks? You guys were cutting out a little bit there, so I was finding it very hard to follow the conversation. Oh, I'm sorry. We were just talking well, about the th- right. thematic ideals of the film. Well, we were having a very intelligent, very smart conversation. We were using the best words to, to talk about the themes. I have the and best you miss words. All of those great words. <laughs> Stop Sorry, judge whether whether a podcast is good, whether the people on the podcast use good words. We use yeah. Such good words. I also would like to make mention of seeing as uh, unless Chris, do you have anything to add about thematics and ideas that you thought were interesting in the film? Um, you guys did talk about redemption, eh? No, not really. Oh re- yeah, I mean, well that's kind of Fussbender's arc, isn't it? A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, come on, Chris. Nah, yeah. No, nah, I got nothing to add. It's okay. <laughs> okay. so good. We didn't say that. He's Fussman. He's uh, yeah. So he's got this redemptive arc, but I don't quite get the turn he makes from hunting, hunting her down for the bounty to then saving her. I, I don't know whether he needs a redemptive arc. I, I don't, we don't well, know he, how bad he is to begin with. To be honest, he he's, even, he's a bad. He guy. doesn't even save her. She does it herself. Well, you know, she protects yeah. herself. Yeah. He but, runs. He runs into danger tries. with no weapon. That's that's his that's his moment of like, uh, you know, he ties Cody Smith with him. He's like, well, I want you to make sure you don't die, and I'm going to go off and warn Rose. I might probably die in the scenario because I have no weapons, but we'll see how it goes. And that's his moment so, of redemption. I feel. So there's an attempt to save her to to get her away to safety. Yeah. But, I don't know whether um, he's thinking that far ahead. I think he's just gone down to say, hey, people are going to come and try and kill you. Maybe you should try and leave or something. I don't know. I mean, but, and she already fucking knows that because some crazy priest man has already shot her dad. Yeah, and so, she's 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 way on the, on the on the guard. Like, her dad was all like, yeah, come in. And she's all like, we don't fucking know these people. She's way more smarter than he is. She was badass. So I don't know. I d- like yeah. he, he doesn't have a, he doesn't necessarily have a redemptive arc. I guess he goes from well, he has to have a redemptive arc because he starts out wanting to get the bounty, and then he. But we ends don't know up... whether he wants to kill her or not. He wants to get the money for sure. We, yeah, I never see a really. And he's bad using side to co- him. he's using Smith McPhee's character Jay, mm. Jay to get to her. Mm. That's true, um, and he doesn't and tell he her. He doesn't up, tell her. Yeah. And then he ends up telling him about the bounty and tying him to a tree to save him to keep him out of harm to then go and warn her so he's had some sort of change of heart 
Hmm. No, no, you're, it's true. I, I'm just not sure I don't know. how bad he is to begin with. Like he, he never comes across as like, oh shit, he's a real badass. He's a real bad guy. Because I, I guess I've, I watch stuff westerns to be like, well, in the west, you just do what you can to survive. Like no one's bad. Totally it's shoots just... that dude in the face at the start. It's true. He does shoot a dude in the face. When they corrupt, or were they just pretending to be? Oh yeah, they were bad um, in this one. Yeah. Played by the amazing uh, Jeffrey Thomas, another New Zealand actor who I really like. And he's got, he's like, he's only got one line, but he's like, fully thick, drawl, American drawl. What do you, what do you want, boy? <laughs> I thought that was good. I like, I like seeing, I like seeing New Zealanders put on funny accents and be Americans. It's fun. Or the uh, New Zealanders putting on the, the Russian or something accents in the store. Oh, that's true. Actually, I don't. I didn't. I didn't look up those actors. I don't know what they were, but I imagine they were probably New Zealanders. Everyone else in the film was a New Zealander. Why not? Well, I know <laughs> they. Um, the lady person is a New Zealand actress who I'm blanking on the name of, but she has been in the Almighty Johnsons and um, other things as well. So. Oh well, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, I wanted to make mention of that. I was trying to do some sort of personal connection. I've I managed to find one. I don't know whether you guys have a personal connection. Uh, I've uh, already made pretty obvious my personal connection. <laughs> Working with Brian Sargent yeah. on the amazing radio drama uh, The Moorpork. Okay, that's cool. Uh, I've got my one boyfriend's too. in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a boyfriend, uh, Michael. The guy, the guy playing the kid, Michael Whaley. Um, he, when I was a, when I was a, when I was staff at Victoria University and I was overseeing a lot of student films, he was in like three or four of them. So he's he's doing pretty well for himself. And I saw that he's also been in that um, Angelina Jolie uh, film about the Olympic guy that was in the war that no one saw as well. So, um. <laughs> Sounds like a great film. Yep. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it's about. Um, sure. Also want to make mention of the music. I reckon that guy Jed Crudsell, I don't know how to pronounce his name, he's another Australian. Uh, he did the music, uh, which I thought was great. I really liked the sort of light. You know, the, the end fight, it's uh, taking place, the end shootout, uh, they're shooting the house at, and it's kind of like the move the music is kind of weirdly incongruous like it's kind of it's not it's not what you usually have during an action scene which is usually a like fast-paced sort of drum thing it's quite bass heavy and quite slow and ponderous and i really liked that sort of weird juxtaposition i uh, just he made the music for um michael fassbender's macbeth so there's obviously a, a lot of friends working together with other friends making stuff yeah well uh, i mean the um uh rose the actress who plays rose is in fassbender's uh, the saddest light between sad oceans. Uh, oh, is she? As well. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Uh, Karen Pistorius. Yes. Oh, right. Because she's um, a New Zealand actor. Yeah. Oh, cool. Oh, also, just on that, um, talking about the the shootout again. Oh, it's just, oh, man, there's so many like great little moments or things um, in this film, like the the fact that their farmhouse is very obviously new wood, newly built. Mm. doesn't look lived in at all um mm. just kind of added to the overall feel of everything and then once the big shootout has happened yeah once the shootout has happened and everything we just have a shot of the two beds pushed together mm. blanket over them so you know that they've now become kind of a family and mm. then Dead shots bodies. sort of yeah going back of all of the dead bodies going back all the way to the beginning yeah, all the Jeffrey Thomas people character. that died on the way to this is in that montage. Is there also a shot? I can't remember this. Is there a shot of the dude under the tree? <laughs> under the, the tree. 
the lumberjack oh, that's obviously cut a tree down and it's fallen on him and he's just a skeleton. Ah, I thought it was a great another joke. moment of great humour. That was a very strange moment. Well, <laughs> the, all the um, moment when they got pissed on absinthe and then um, woke up in the middle of a river, the river because a storm had come in. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Oh, I was, was just going to say, that bit with, with the absinthe and um, the gang was where it lost me. I found oh, really? that, um, yeah, it kind of broke the momentum of the film for me. Um, yeah, I, it lost me for a little bit there too. That where Cody goes know, and that... sits down with the other gang. Yeah, yeah. I but that's where we had that great story. We have the great story, but it just uh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Chris. I don't know something about it didn't quite work in because the rest of the yeah. Because we've just been introduced to Ben Mendelsohn's character, and that's when you think, oh, okay, this is where it's going to ramp up, and all right, they must be getting closer to Rose and her father and then it's like a drinking session and they, there's a story time and I kind of thought oh okay yeah they Let's don't take a break they're not then. threatening there's no threat again there's no tension or threat like Ben Mendelssohn comes up and says hey why don't we have a bit of a drink and that's that's there's no actual there's nothing underlying that there's no attempt to trick them hmm. well he's trying the to thing? he's trying to get money out of them I, I mean information out of them oh, I, I feel a like... little bit, but not a lot. No, he does. I don't know. The there just it, wasn't. At the end of the drinking wasn't... session, he's like he's still sober, and he's all like trying to get information out of Fassbender. But no, I, I understand what you're both saying. The film is only like eighty three odd minutes long. It's very short. Yeah. Um, I mean, and oh, then... it totally got me back when they woke up in the middle of a river. It was <laughs> like, that's, that's great. I don't ever see that in any film. I felt like it was the only moment in the entire movie where it stopped, even though the whole film was kind of slowly sort of paced, where it, where it did sort of stop um, pursuing the 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 end game, like up until that point where we're constantly on a journey, and then we we stop, and you're right, it stops everything. Yep. But I kind of I find it interesting because uh, it does it did reverse. It, it, this film is constantly doing things I don't expect a western to do, which was interesting to mm. me. You know where well, and also isn't there a point? Yeah, now I'm thinking about when they when. Um... Jay wanders back to his camp with Fussbender and they're both soused on absinthe and Fussbender mm. asks him about Rose and Do you love Jay her? Jay says yeah, he's like, do you love her? He's like, who? It's like, oh, okay that's that's an interesting oh, I thought he said yes. moment again um, Well, he says, who? He's like, huh? doesn't who else would it be? <laughs> Madeline's ah. army and the gang? Interesting <laughs> The woman he shot in the shop? Ah, interesting. So I think, so yeah, because he didn't, a little note, he didn't love her. Maybe he didn't actually love her. Interesting. It's just that teenage infatuation. Hmm. Well, he Don't was, uh, I imagine, because he, he came from a, a wealthier family, he had a very sheltered life. So in his mind, that was love. But he hadn't lived enough. Yeah, exactly. That's what I feel. Yeah. That's what I feel about then it. Then he died, shot through the heart, because he was too vain. He gave love. <laughs> Bad name. And then salt, salt in the wound. Any oh other film? Oh my god, salt in the wound. <laughs> any other film, I would think that was ridiculous and didn't work. But I think I really, I love the the tone. I love the tone of this film is great. It mixes the absurd with the dark, and yeah. comic, and it's great. Like that, like the end montage of all the dead bodies, and then it's like, oh, and also now we have a weird nuclear family with the previous dead kids, and we're sitting at a table. Uh, the end. <laughs> it's like I love this one. 
And Slow the weird man. use of the butter is almost like a, oh, this again sort of punchline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was half expecting the butter to be perfect. Yeah. When she opened it up at the end, it's like, because everything's worked out okay. But no, it's still a liquid mess. And that's the message. It's too it's, goddamned hot. It's the, that's the message. Nothing works out. Nothing ever works out properly. But also, I, I, life I, is just <laughs> melty butter. It was a fine metaphor, but I also thought, in real terms, like she was the smartest person in the entire damn movie. Surely she knows mm-hmm. it's too warm for butter to set. Well, they anyway. don't have any refrigeration, and you got to have butter. I know, but she keeps opening it with hope. I'm like, you know, it's still hot. It was yeah. hot yesterday. <laughs> it's hot today. <laughs> anyway, that's me being a killjoy. Cool Sorry. <laughs> Telling it like it is. I love I love the way that um I looked this movie up on IMDb, which I always do, and read all the trivia. Uh, spoilers trivia at the end. There were two spoilers, and I love this. I, I always feel like these are written by someone who's just figured out like I don't know thematics or irony or how to read stories or how to get slightly like a someone that's like a first year or a last year high school student, and they've written. They've written, uh, it's interesting that in the final uh, shootout, uh, Fassbender gets shot both in the uh, shoulder and the leg. Uh, and then in the final scene of the film, when we see him uh, coupled with Rose, uh, he has lost use of both these appendages to some extent, uh, meaning that he has lost uh, an arm and a leg uh, to gain his new life. <laughs> I was like, that's great. And, they, and then they also go into great detail about the salt of the wound, explaining that that is a, a phrase that people use. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I was like, I don't know whether those are spoilers or just explanations of sayings. <laughs> spoilers, everyone. The meaning of salt in the wound, which is great. Uh... Oh, dear. Um, I think I'm. I think I'm getting close to the end of everything I wanted to say about this film. Um, uh, I'll make one last another thing. Um, there was a. I, I always watch the credits of movies to the end because that's I'm a pretentious film nerd. Uh, and I noticed that Did in the thank for yous, the after credits stinger. I am. Yeah, always. I just. I just wanted to see. And like, there's lots of there's lots of people in the credits I know because it's filmed here, which is great. Uh, but I noticed that in the thank yous, there's a thank you to Errol Shand. No, you guys remember Errol Shand as oh, really? as a, an actor in one of my student shorts way back in the day he's doing quite well for himself yeah. various new zealand australian co-productions and i was like oh so i looked him up and he was in a deleted scene that apparently opened the film which i i, I actually saw which was cool because someone had posted it online illegally um and uh, he was in a scene where called he was called the randy trapper with him and uh another new zealand actor march mark mitchison uh come across cody smith mcphee's cabin the film starts off with cody in a cabin that he i don't know might have built or found i'm not entirely sure uh, but they're sort of going through his shit and uh, throwing it out the window and Cody comes back in because he's been at the outhouse and he's like, hey, and then Errol's, because Errol's a creepy looking dude. <laughs> he's not creepy. He's a handsome guy, but for some reason they keep casting him as creepy dudes, which is weird. He comes up to um, Cody Smith-McPhee and sort of sniffs him and cuts his pants and like threatens, is weirdly sexually threatening. It's gross. And then uh, Mark Bridgerson's character ends up getting shot by someone off screen, I'm, who I'm guessing is uh, Michael Fassbender's character. And then Errol jumps out the window and running, running for his life, gets shot dead and dies on a field. Uh, Cody Smith McPhee goes out of the building looking for his killer, the killer, and uh, doesn't find anyone. Scene ends. So I'm guessing it, it started off with him uh, being protected by this mysterious killer and then goes into the rest mm. of the film. Interesting scene, but yeah, I think I'm happier with the way it, it started. Yeah, I thought the, the start Fassbender was cool. just shows up. Yeah. 
out of the out of the out of the mists. It's good. I like yep. that because it sort of it sort of it sort of would have it would have made it more. I don't know. It would it would have? I, I like the way it starts off quite mysteriously. You don't know what's happening. Whereas if we'd seen that scene where the cabin, you're like, oh, there's a there's a guy who's in the west already, you know, and he's got this thing. What's going on? Whereas like it starts off with him looking up. It starts off with him looking at the sky, right? Looking at the the stars. That's how. It, yeah, looking yeah. up at the stars, yeah. which is kind of, hmm. I think, a better introduction to his character. This kind of this hopeless romantic, sort of yeah, the soft landed boy come from the landed gentry to the west. He knows all the constellations, and he's got the book, the how-to hmm. book. What, what was that? That poem he was reading when they were going through the mysterious woods, Chris, do you know that? And then Fassbender finishes it off, showing that he's also learned. That was interesting. No, I wasn't meant to look that up, but I didn't. Okay. Sorry. I thought that was. I thought that was Terrible a weird podcast a... guest. <laughs> terrible. I'm only asking you because you're a poet, so that's that's a terrible assumption of me to assume that all poets know all poems. Because uh, that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But 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 that was sort of that was sort of that was one thing that made me go huh and didn't go into that in any great detail like he just finished it off, smiled and kept kept riding his horse. It's like hmm, yeah, again I think that? that kind of just well it just kind of added to that I think the overall off kilterness sort of mm. like you said like you, it kept doing things you didn't expect it to do and I think it yeah mm. it was just kind of part of that. Mm. that I, the most heel. the most unexpected element was uh, Werner for me. I was just like. When I when I saw this in a because I went to saw it in cinema, I was like, oh, what's going on here with this Werner? And then as he kept talking, I was like, oh, he's like, he's Werner Herzog. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's weird. That's a weird thing. And and just like Werner Herzog, turns out to be a real dick. Just takes all this <laughs> shit. <laughs> but and how did he take the Everything. kid's clothes? How did Everything. he undress him without him waking up? I'm guessing he drugged. I mean, it doesn't really matter. But I'm guessing he drugged. Red. Yeah, with bread. <laughs> it's like a race extinct, their culture banished. <laughs> so good. His lines, the lines they gave him are just like, oh, these are just the Werner Herzog lines. He's like yeah. waxing lyrical about the loss of the Indians. I was like, well, and then again, adding into the kind of off kilterness to it, Michael Fassbender rocks on up with Cody Smith McPhee's horse and all of his shit, and we never see what happened to Werner. He Fassbender was says he didn't kill him. He killed him. Oh. Fassbender says he doesn't kill him. He didn't kill him, and we never we don't see him in that end montage. Oh, it's true. We don't see him in the end montage. Mm. So mm, he's probably still out there spouting his hurtogisms and stealing stuff from wayward young men. Okay, Which, all right. Werner Hurtog. That's what Werner Hurtog does. He steals people's stuff. Um, I, I'm gonna <laughs> start wrapping it up. I'm just gonna say that. Uh, uh, I think it's quite clear from what I've said. I love westerns. Uh, this was an interesting western to me. Uh, five stars, highest rating I can possibly Whoa. give it. Five, five stars out of. Is it out of five stars? Is that what we do? I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Do we? If you want to sure. give it five out of five, that yeah, hundred percent. Sure. I'm gonna give it a hundred percent. There we go. Oh, maybe maybe four point seven five. I'll take a few points off for um, like the weird. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sure, 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 sure. It was interesting. I, the one thing I was I was interested in, we didn't really th- we didn't really talk about this until Dan Slevin uh, in our last episode mentioned like you know, what is the worth of this sort of thing? Like you know, there was all this money spent here, and is this the sort of thing we want to make with movie Krampus, which I enjoyed, but 
I wasn't too sure whether I could answer that yes or no because it wasn't like a artistic statement of any kind. Uh, because this film used so many New Zealanders in, I would go, yes, this is a definite sort of thing we should be spending New Zealand taxpayer money on. <laughs> well, and this is kind of, uh, this is very, not very different, but quite different to Krampus because New Zealand Film Commission are very involved. With yeah, this yeah, this is, this is a, a co-pro, yeah. And it's not like, it's not like Krampus in that it's not entirely filmed on a set. That's mm. the wide open, like that's the New Zealand landscape. Um, made me a little homesick, but mm. uh, that's what happens. Um, and with, yeah, with a lot of recognisable Kiwi actors. I mean, there's nothing necessarily quote-unquote New Zealand about the film, about the story. No, no. But I don't know that there needs to be. No, no. I don't know either. I mean, if anything, it's just a great advertisement for, hey, come shoot in New Zealand. Exactly. Hmm. Um, and there's the value. Yeah, ex- yeah absolutely. And, and... We've got... We've got a crew, we've got great crews, we've got great actors, we've got great landscape, we've got great tax breaks. Come on down. And if you go to the Film NZ website, they've got a page dedicated to this film. So that's it is there. That's how they're using it. They're really pushing that aspect of it. And they've got quotes I mean, I think producers it's and stuff. Bloody hmm. bloody great film. Oh good. There's another uh, endorsement from Andrew. Anything I won't else give it 100. percent Won't give it five out of five. I'll give it uh, four spurs <laughs> out of five. Force mirrors. Chris? Oh, look, I enjoyed it, despite not, you know, getting to see Michael Fassbender naked, which is basically like my baseline. That's your only any film. (laughs) Not just any film, he's on just any film. You never even you never even elaborated on the idea of redemption. You're just I'm not like, even, I'm, I'm not even hiding. <laughs> I'm not even hiding that thing. Um, no, I really did enjoy it. It was and like you said, Rajiv, it did things that you wouldn't expect of westerns. So I don't know. Maybe I would give it yeah, like three and a half, four. Oh, that's good. Four. Fussbender wangs out of five. Oh, I wouldn't rate using wangs. God, that's that's immature. Immature. <laughs> Sorry, it's very immature. It's very immature. But he is a very I handsome man. I did, I did enjoy just, just looking at him. I hope and he keeps he's very making talented. a film. He's very talented. He's a very talented. And I hope he keeps making a film a year in New Zealand. Let's hope he keeps doing that. He's done that yeah, for the last yeah, couple of years, Ronick. Oh, man. And, like, seeing him, he's got this kind of that coiled intensity up against um, Cody Smith-McPhee's lanky, sort of baggy-clothed, mm. Silly young man. Mm. Um, they did make for a really, really interesting and um, interesting to watch odd couple. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would also recommend, just as an added note, sorry, I was taking we're wrapping up, we're not really wrapping up. Um, uh, they've made uh, John McLean and uh, Fassbender have made two shorts before. I, I've seen one of them. Uh, one of them was called Pitch Black Heist, uh, which is a very apt name because the movie is about a heist that has to be done in the pitch black. <laughs> And they they practice it in this warehouse. Oh and it's yes, great. I I saw that it had a another Game of Thrones actor in it. It, it does. It has um that guy Liam Cunningham. So that that's a I would recommend watching this film and also trying to find that film online. It's it's highly recommended if you're a, a genre lover that likes sort of interesting gimmicks done really well. There we go. Okay, Chris, where can they find you? On the internet. On the internet. Yay. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter as at Chris J Rajiv, where can people oh, that's, find that's, you, track you down, hunt a... you down in your cabin and, and then get the $2,000 reward? 
I thought I thought you guys were going to do other things because you are on other versions of social media. But I'm I'm only on the one thing. I'm on Twitter. I'm on uh, at Rajiv Film. R A J E E V F I L M. And Andy. And, and and I'm on the Twitter at Andy James underscore Inc with a K. And I think that's the same on the Instagram. But whatever, you can figure it out for yourself from other episodes where I've said stuff. And, and also uh, our is, NTZ oh, of Film Twitter. NTZ O F O F. Yeah. Into Z of film. It's the letters of our thing. Uh, we've also set up a Patreon, uh, so uh, to help us out with various costs. Uh, please, if you feel like helping us out, send us some money. We'd appreciate that. We'd love you much, Lee. Well, a little bit, depending how much. <laughs> okay, so I think uh, we're, we're, we're coming to close. So we're, we're coming to the end of our uh, second season. We've got one more episode to go after this one. So thanks for joining us, Chris. It was really great to have you on. Thank you very much, Christopher. Thank you for having me. Sorry, there was not um, more penis, but um, goodbye. We'll see you next week. All right. See you guys.